T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From the WEEI Studios, the home of the Red Sox, 93.7, WEEI-FM, HD1, Lawrence, Boston. Always live on the free Odyssey app. And now, a Boston original on Boston Sports Original. It's Christian Arcan on WEEI. And that is going to be it. The end of a week that no one will ever forget with a joyful ending, a celebration. Started off very tragically, right? We thought we had no idea on Tuesday, Jim, and wow. Well, for the first time he was able to speak, he asked his doctors, did we win? DeMar asked. And they told him, yes, you won the game of life. Today in Buffalo, his teammates won a game for him. That's what they did. And... Uh, <laughs> On to the playoffs as the two seed. Love for DeMar. It was definitely in the air. Hello, good afternoon. Welcome in Sports Radio WEEI. It's me, Arkan. I'm here till 4 o'clock. Nice to have you with us here today. It's been another one of those weeks, hasn't it? Another one of those weeks that just kind of went on and on and on and on. I think every time, and it doesn't happen that often, but every time the Patriots get uh, eliminated around this time of year, not, you know, wild card weekend or uh, if they're if they're ever eliminated before this weekend it does sort of grind things to a halt doesn't it you know like there was a there was a lot this week that that sort of came up and we all discussed and talked about but man the Patriots they've only been eliminated for six days but doesn't it feel like their season's been over for like way longer and I don't mean you know that uh, they didn't have a chance or anything obviously they were in it right until the end there in that last game but it feels like I don't know. These last six days have felt like a lot. Uh, the season's been over for a lot longer than it actually has. Um, I wanted to play that because despite all of this, Wild Card Weekend is here. And despite the fact that it's only been six days, a lot has happened here with the Patriots. But before we get to all the stuff from this week, I don't think I'm going to have another chance to mention any of this. So I just want to give you a couple random leftover thoughts from that game against the Bills. The main thing that I haven't been able to really shake this week and we sort of stopped talking about the game like on Monday. Remember, like Monday, boom, that was it. And even by Monday, we had already started talking about the offseason and Patricia and Joe Judge and what's Bill going to do and what are the crafts going to do and sort of everything else. I feel like the actual game, I don't know. I feel like there's, I went back and saw it the other day. It was playing on NFL Network. And I just, watching that again, man, I'll tell you, the offense and the defense, they both kind of won, you know? Like I feel like the offense really, uh, more so than any other time, 
played well enough to win and almost uh, better than the other team. Almost better. Defensively, I thought defensively they looked pretty good. They looked pretty solid against a good offense, and I was worried that that defense was another front-running defense that only beats up on the Jets and the Colts and the teams like that of the world. I think a lot of us were sort of worried about that. And they went out there and had a pretty nice uh, performance. When else did that happen this year? What other win or game even, you know, what other game was it where the offense and the defense both at the same time really played well? I think that might be one of the only ones. You look at that Colts game, that was a pick six and one touchdown and a bunch of field goals. That was it to get those 26 points. That was not a super impressive offensive game. Um, you know, I guess uh, the Bailey Zappi games, <laughs> right? I know you I know you Mac people don't like me saying that, but those were the two games where the defense was good and the offense was good. Uh, Cleveland and Detroit. With Mac, I think that's probably the only ones. Buffalo, and the reason why they lost was not the offense or the defense, but the special teams, which is something a lot of people talked about. But I think it kind of gets lost is the fact that the defense and the offense were kind of in sync for maybe one of the only times of the entire year with Mac Jones is uh, calling the plays. So that was interesting. I also thought Jacoby Myers' catch, that catch where he tiptoed along the back of the end zone, that was that was awesome. I mean, that was really a great play. It's a shame that they sort of, you know, piddled it away at the end there because that would have been that would have been like a signature moment. Um, but you know, it was a signature moment in a moment that I think kind of got overlooked as well. That Josh Allen touchdown to Steph Diggs. I saw that play again. That might be the best NFL pass I've ever seen. I'm not kidding. Like that might have been that was a that ball traveled 62 yards in the air. <laughs> okay? Like he, I'm not he was on the 40-yard line and he was three guys converging on him and he pops it up there and Diggs catches it. A great route by him by the way to get around Jones uh, who's also very fast and Diggs gets around them and catches it on on the goal line. That was unbelievable. That pass was incredible. Josh Allen, I'm sorry, but, like, I, I, wa- I watched that play again, and I really think that that's up there with the great passes, like singular passes. Was it, you know, more important than uh, uh, Montana to Clark? No, obviously not. It wasn't the most uh, important reception, but in terms of, like, the nicest, best pass I've ever seen, it's got to be right up there. I don't know that there's too many other that are even close. Um, another thing that really stood out, and I think people, uh, you know, mentioned this, but... Devontae Parker, him getting those two touchdowns as encouraged as I was to see it, it also kind of bummed me out because he looked like 2019 Devontae Parker. That was the year he had the nine touchdowns and like the 1,200 yards, whatever it was, uh, that great year he had in Miami. He looked like that guy. And Patriots didn't get much of that this year. But if he can stay healthy, it did show that there's some potentially uh, promising years for him going up ahead here. Ultimately, other than on special teams, yeah, they lost, but they didn't get embarrassed like last year when they played the Bills at the end of the season. And I consider that progress. I do. Last year, in the regular season, not that awful snow game, but the game after that, they got humiliated. And it was part of a humiliating end of the season. And the end of this season wasn't great either, but bear with me here. At the end of last year, they go and play Buffalo. Buffalo smokes them. They get to the playoffs, go uh, back and get smoked again, almost as badly as the first time. That didn't happen this year. 
And not only did it not happen this year, it didn't happen after a week that people like me and people like everybody, even the most strident Patriots fans, were saying this team is going to get clobbered. (laughs) This is going to be a massacre. They have no chance in Orchard Park. This is going to be one of the worst beatdowns the Patriots have ever had. All right? If you're old enough to remember Refrigerator Perry rumbling into the end zone in 86, it's going to have nothing on that, all right? I mean, you, you're going to be you're going to be wishing that Walter Payton was out there. You know, running it in on uh, Andre Tippett or whoever. Like, that's that's sort of what, what people were thinking. That's what I was thinking. Did Tippett play in that game? Was Tippett on the team in 86? I don't even remember. Whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean. And that didn't happen. The Patriots' offense... Looked as good as it's looked all year. The defense continued to play well, even against a very good team like Buffalo. I almost called them a juggernaut, but I don't think they are. I think they may be the best, if not second-best team in the AFC. But are they some big juggernaut team? Not necessarily. They had some They had some moments this year where they looked like, you know, they could be exploited and had some weaknesses, in particular against the Dolphins and the Jets, against most teams other than you. Although at the end... At the end, Mac Jones, he was carving that defense up, wasn't he? Mac Jones carved up that Buffalo defense in the first half. He did. And I don't think I got to use the words Mac Jones and carved up much this year at all. That's progress, I think. They were able to not only hang around, but really compete. And they had a chance to win that game. They had a lead in the third quarter. In a game where... The opening kickoff was returned for a touchdown, and that was one of two touchdown uh, returns. Usually, teams that get two kick return touchdowns on them don't have. They're, it's not even a close game. It's never a close game. Those teams never win, and they didn't win. But it wasn't embarrassing. It wasn't a. It wasn't a total uh, mess. And I think if you look at it from that perspective. It's not the worst thing in the world. You were a fringe playoff team. You missed it, but you went down fighting, and it was an impossible situation, and you represented yourself pretty well. You know? Like, that's that was my main takeaway, and that was sort of how I felt about it after the game. And I remember I went on with uh, Megan and Andy Hart on Monday, which, again, feels like it was three weeks ago. Uh, I went on with them on Monday, and I told them, you know what? In some weird way, I'm kind of I'm feeling okay about this. I'm feeling a little optimistic. I'm feeling like... The Patriots were really expected to be uh, get clobbered in this game, and the fact that they didn't and the fact that they looked as good as they've looked at any point this year on offense, I sort of feel good about that. Not good enough to want to keep Matt Patricia and Joe Judge as the offensive play callers, okay? Not good enough for that. But I do think that when you when you look at where this team was, when you look at how much they were struggling, when you look at how the offense was really uh, just completely dysfunctional. I think things markedly improved. Markedly improved in time for a game where everything was on the line. Was it good enough to beat Buffalo? No, it wasn't. And I know that this is the type of talk that loser teams have after, I guess, is what the Lions always say. Well, you know, the Lions missed the playoffs again, but boy, they really fought hard down the stretch. Like, yeah, I know, that's what loser teams say. And I get that, but that's, I mean, listen, I thought it was going to be a lot worse than that this year. I really did. I thought it was going to be a lot worse than that this year. Um, They were right there till the end. 
But I say all that to say they still need to make massive, massive changes. And I say all that to also say that this was a damaging season for Bill Belichick. Um, I don't know how you could disagree with that. Um, Bill Belichick uh, is not going to ruin his legacy or even redefine it. His legacy is okay. And I've said this before, but I'm not worried about that. He shouldn't be worried about that. But, you know, Joe Gibbs had a great legacy. And he came back, obviously. He retired and came back, so it's a little bit different. But you remember him at the end? Remember, you remember what the 07 Patriots did to the Joe Gibbs Washington team? <laughs> it, was, it was ugly. And, you know, these last couple of years have been sort of ugly for New England. Things have been ugly around here. And that goes back to when Brady was around. And to have it kind of culminate with a second-year quarterback really taking a big step backwards, and we'll get to that too. I don't know how you, I don't know how you can really look at Bill the same way going into next season. And that's not to say that it takes away from the things he accomplished prior to this stretch of four or five years here. But we're talking about a guy in his 70s now who's had about four seasons of pretty solid disappointment. And a lot of those disappointments were born out of decisions that he made. His decision to move on from Brady, his decision to bring in Cam Newton in July, his decision to go from an offense that seemed like it had some potential in 2021 and then turn it over to a couple of guys who just did not know what to do, and a lot of people second-guessed that at the time. That was his decision. And what did he say in the press conference when Curran was bulldogging him about it? And he was. He said, everything I've ever done I did because I thought it would be best for the team. That's all I ever do. That's all I ever think about. It's the only thing that matters. It's my main mantra. Is it better for the team? Is it good for the team? Then, yes, I'm going to do it, and that's what I did, and that's what I always do. Well, if that's really what you thought was best for the team, Bill, <laughs> if you really if you really thought shoving Brady out the door and bringing in Cam Newton in July and Patricia and Judge, and you can go back to Malcolm Butler if you want, but let's just keep it to, you know, since they won that Super Bowl in 2018 because I feel like that, I don't know if that erased Malcolm Butler, but it certainly made it hurt a lot worse. Uh, since then, there's been plenty of questionable decisions. And if those were all things that you truly believed were best for the football team, then, yeah, I think it's fair to question his judgment. And I think that's exactly what the Crafts have done with this press release that just came out. We'll get to all of that with your phone calls right after trending. Your home of the Sox. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. NFL playoffs start today. Two games kicking off. Wild card weekend. Seahawks battling the 49ers, followed by the Chargers and the Jaguars. We'll have Westwood One's coverage of both games beginning at 4. Following this program you're listening to right now, it's the NFL postseason on Westwood One. In other NFL news, Sean McVay announced he'll be returning for his seventh season as head coach of the L.A. Rams after some kind of weird uncertainty there. Celtics will go for their sixth straight win tonight in the first of two straight games in Charlotte against the Hornets. Tip-off is set for 7 o'clock. Josue Pavone, uh, my buddy's down there. He'll be joining us at 2.30. Sticking with the NBA, a new attendance record was set at the Alamo Dome between the Warriors and the Spurs. 68,000 fans in attendance for San Antonio's 50th anniversary. Did you see this, Stiz? People had to sit like 
It made the Winter Classic look like great seats. Let me I just did put it, it to you that way. That's crazy. 70, <laughs> almost 70,000 people. 70,000 people, and I don't think anybody could make out what was going on because they were so far away from the court. It was pretty funny. Uh, Bruins will try to bounce back from the first regulation home loss of the season tonight against the Maple Leafs. They lost to the Kraken the other night, 3-0. Puck drop set for 7 o'clock, and the Red Sox announced yesterday they have avoided arbitration with five more players. Get excited, Red Sox fans. Alex Verdugo, Nick Pavetta, Ryan Brazier, uh, Christian Arroyo, and Reese McGuire. According to Julian McWilliams of the Boston Globe, the Red Sox are also reportedly linked to free agent outfielder Adam Duvall. I'm Christian Arcan. That's what's trending now. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back to Christian Arcan on WEEI. And I was told that Bill and Kraft met today. They met yesterday. They met Tuesday, they met Monday, and Sunday after the game. So my understanding is that, yes, the Crafts have nudged Bill into this. We're going to release a statement. We're going to talk about two of the three things. For me growing up, it was no politics, no religion, no money. Okay, for Bill, it's contracts, it's coaching titles, and game plans on game week. But they did two of those three things right. in two sentences. Obviously, this was, this was Crafts doing. I think his point was, A, if we're going to do this, Anyway, what is the harm in putting this out there? Do you want Gerard Mayo back or not? This statement should help us get there. And if you want him back, let's do this. Let's have some clarity. Let's do this my way. Because under your way, the last three years, we are 25 and 26. And ultimately, that eats into Bill's leverage. And he could put, you know, hit his button, the nuclear option of, we're going to do it my way or I'll leave. And that's just the, not the reality he lives in right now. Sports Radio WEEI, it's our can back here. Remember, you can listen to EEI on your smart speaker. Just say, play 93.7 WEEI. And by the way, it's the football postseason. Winner go home. Boston Sports Original has all the news, all the takes, all the games. WEEI's coverage of the NFL playoffs. Sponsored by Wise Snacks. Delicious. Go to wisegameday.com for your chance to win one of 100 authentic pro football jerseys. You a jersey guy, Stiz? Not really. I'm going to be honest, not really. I used to be. Like, I, used I used to be. To, I used yeah. to have a big collection of jerseys. I still have some of them, but like I used to have a lot of them. Like that that promotion, I just you that know like been good for you. Twenty year old me looked at that and was like, ooh, <laughs> I'm getting, I'm eating all the chips. <laughs> I'm gonna eat all those chips. Um, I'll get to uh, I'll get to this press release in just a minute here, because this press release the other day was something, wasn't it? Uh, 
we'll we'll get to that in just a minute. There's a lot of people angry at me for my uh, for my takes on rewatching this game and thinking I'm I'm way too uh, high on Mac Jones. Let's start with Chuck in Boston. Go ahead, Chuck. Hey, Bob. So I, I'm not mad at you, but but you, you know you said carving them up. You said it about three times, and you said it with passion behind yes. your voice. Now let's take a look at that for a second. And if you're honest about it, Mac Jones, yeah, he was more accurate for sure. But every ball was over, you know, Devontae Parker's head, 50-50 balls. I don't like 50-50 balls. That basically means it's going to get picked 50% or he's going to catch it 50%. I'm not a fan of him. But all the balls kind of wobble in the air. They don't have too much juice on them. Yeah, he's accurate. Yes, he's smart. But I wouldn't go as far as to say he was carving them up. Let, let's slow it down a little. Now, one one comment on Belichick. Hang on a quick. second. In the first half, he had two nine-play, 74-yard touchdown drives, and he was great in both of those drives. And I mostly was talking about the first half. He did kind of fall off in the second half, but he did carve them up in that first half. I think, Chuck, you're not going to persuade me by saying the ball was a little wobbly. I'm sorry. All right. Well, agree to disagree. Um, anyway, so with Belichick, so now looking, you know, he has I, – I saw something last night that said he has four or five years without Brady. That's no longer a small baby sample size anymore. It's not like, yeah, he's six and five without Brady. Now we're looking at four or five seasons, and he's 500, I think. That's what I saw. I believe he's 500 or something. So we can't say he's great. And all those decisions you were talking about, his crap decisions over the years, I mean, without Brady, he's – He's an average coach who makes bad decisions. Let's just call a spade a spade. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Chuck. Uh, we have some breaking news. Now's the time. To... <laughs> that was, that was, that's not the breaking news. <laughs> well, here it is. Here's the breaking news. Uh, this uh, just broke right before I went on the air, as a matter of fact, and I was too busy yelling and screaming about that game that I didn't even get to tell you that uh, Phil Perry, Karen Garigian, and several others are now reporting that Gerard Mayo has informed the Carolina Panthers that he will not be interviewing with them for their open head coaching job. Hmm. 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 He will not be interviewing for a head coaching job. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. That press release looks a little better now, doesn't it? <laughs> that press release looks a little better now. It's a, if, you, if you missed it, the press release says, Patriots to extend Gerard Mayo and will begin interviewing for an offensive coordinator. And it reads, the New England Patriots and head coach Bill Belichick have begun contract extension discussions with Gerard Mayo that would keep him with the team long term. In addition, the team will begin interviewing for offensive coordinator candidates beginning next week. What did they offer Gerard Mayo? What did they offer him? What did they tell him was going to happen if he stays here instead of going to be a, or even going to interview? for a head coaching job somewhere else. Now, a couple of possibilities, and I had been thinking about this all week. Maybe Mayo knows that the Panthers aren't really serious about him as the new head coach. And I hate to bring this up because I think it sucks, and I think it's a sucky position to be in as an African-American head coach, but sometimes teams just call you up because of the Rooney rule and call you in for an interview, and it's not a real interview. And maybe he heard through back channels that that's all this interview was going to be. All right? Maybe. Just These are possibilities here. I don't think that that would. I think that'd be stupid for the Panthers if that's what they were doing. If it wasn't a real interview, uh, because Gerard Mayo is a guy obviously that is uh, valued and uh, people like around the league. The other possibility here is that Gerard Mayo thinks the Carolina Panthers' job's a dead end job and there's no point in taking it. You know, that's a last place team. That's a team that, and I know the Patriots were not uh, great this year either, but they're a lot better than Carolina. 
Um, that whole NFC South. Actually, Carolina finished with seven wins. You know what? You're only one game better than Carolina. <laughs> I thought for some reason I had in my mind I was thinking the Carolina Panthers were like like four and thirteen. They're seven and ten. Yeah, but it's so funny. People on Twitter are like, "I'm such an idiot." Why did I think that? Yeah, they, I thought that they were way worse. People on Twitter are like, even Gerard Mayo, who definitely wants a head coaching gig, was like, "Nah, I'm good." I mean, what do you have there with Carolina? You got a good running back. That kid Foreman's good. DJ Moore is a good receiver. You don't have a quarterback. Um, I don't know what their old lines like. It probably sucks. On defense, you got uh, Burns, who I like. That's the guy that Mac Jones twisted his ankle. Shaq Thompson, I think, is on that team. Xavier Woods. I don't know. Not a lot of guys. Uh, they got that Gross Mottos kid who I liked in the draft a couple years back. <sighs> I mean, really, you're not you're not talking about world beaters here. I'm surprised they won seven games with this team, to be honest with you. But, no, that's the breaking news. Gerard Mayo has informed uh, the Panthers he will not be interviewing for the head coaching job, which means unless there's another offer out there, uh, it looks like that press release may end up coming true. And when I say coming true... I mean, in the headline, it says something that isn't, wasn't true yet, and still technically isn't true yet. It says Patriots to extend Gerard Mayo. That means that there's like an agreement in place, right? That means that they just got to dot the I's and cross the T's. And then the first sentence says they have begun contract extension discussions. Like, did you begin the discussions or are they done and you're about to finish? Like, what is it? Now it sort of seems like maybe the headline's a little bit more accurate than that first sentence. And I wonder, I wonder if that was intentional. I wonder if that was sort of a move by the crafts to say, hey, you know, this is our guy. Watch out, everybody. We're putting on a full court press. And unless you want him as a head coach, we're going to, we're going to swear. Unless you're serious about it, we're going to take it. And Gerard, by the way, you know, we're really serious about you too. And you may not have as many offers out there as you think. And we're going to put it out there that we are to extend you. That's how committed we are to you. Mayo did turn down the Cleveland request to interview him for the defensive coordinator job. We found that out, I think, yesterday. I think Garigian had a tweet about that yesterday. I'm not sure who else reported on it, but I, I think that's who I, I saw that from. Um, so he's he's shrinking his market, isn't he? Gerard Mayo is uh, shrinking his market right down. Maybe he doesn't want to have a market. Maybe he wants to just stay in New England. Or maybe the Crafts and Bill Belichick told him something they told him you be the defensive coordinator you can be the assistant associate whatever head coach you will be more than what you are now will you be a head coach no bill's still the head coach but you'll be not only the core defensive coordinator but you'll also have this title too i don't know I'm very interested in seeing how this all plans out because for the team to have put a statement like this out in the first place, I think is indicative of a new way of doing things in Foxborough, don't you? I mean, and it's not just in Foxborough. I don't know of any football team, any uh, pro sports team that ever put out a press release like this, that they're going to begin interviewing for an assistant coach. Like what? What? (laughs) The Patriots in particular, one of the Patriots ever, uh, telegraphed a move they were going to do like that ever when have they ever felt the need to I guess is the real question because right now they feel the need to they feel the need to appease their fans 
They feel the need to appease season ticket holders. They feel the need to do some damage control because they feel like their brand is getting damaged. That's why you get press releases like this. When they think that there's a, a problem, a damage that needs to be fixed. This It's called damage control for a reason. 617-779-7937. Um, we'll continue with this in a second. Let's go to Joe in Rhode Island. Go ahead, Joe. Hey, how's it going? What's up, Joe? Um, I, I'd like to point out that, the, that uh, Mac started deteriorating last year towards the end of the season. And I also would like to point out the reason why he, he, he's being deteriorating because teams have figured him out. He doesn't have a strong arm, so, so they take the middle of the field away and he's forced to throw to the sidelines. Watch his passes when he goes to the sidelines because he has no zip. It gives the defenders plenty of time to defend the sideline throws. You'll note that most of his good throws that he's successful are always down the middle. Okay. And then I like to also point out he threw three interceptions that game. Three. He did, but really How he only threw two, Joe. Joe, he really only threw two. Or he really only threw one, I oh, think. come on. You guys are, have been advocating Mac Jones all year long. No, I haven't. No, protection. Joe, I haven't. You're wrong about that. I have not no, been doing media, that. I've been media, on the Bailey Zappi train. Have been <laughs> telling us that it's not Mac Jones's fault. When are you guys going to be honest and admit he's not the solution? All right, fine. Maybe he's not the solution, but you can't tell me that those th- all three of those interceptions were his fault. That's wrong. You're wrong about that. The only one that was his fault was that overthrow to Aguilar that got picked off by Trey White, which was a stupid throw. That was a dumb throw. He shouldn't have been uh, trying to exploit that matchup to begin with, and he also overthrew him by five yards. White didn't have to do anything. That was a terrible pass. All right, I'll give you that. The other two, Hunter Henry, that hit him in the hands. That hit Henry's hands, bounced up, and they picked it. The other one? Damian Harris, it was in his hands. It was He had it in his hands, and he just flied and flew up in the air, and they picked it out. How are either one of those Mac Jones' fault? Maybe that wasn't the best place to go with that ball, uh, the Hunter Henry one anyway. Maybe that wasn't the best place to go with it, you know, especially when you had four downs. And I think he threw that pass on third or whatever. Yeah, because it was second and 20, right, and they did that draw play, which a lot of people didn't like, but I didn't have a problem with it. If you're in four-down territory, uh, a draw on second and long isn't a crazy thing to do. You got four downs to get to, to get a first down there, not to get in the end zone. And so on second and 20, they do the draw. And then on third and 18 or whatever it was, uh, he had time. He could have just picked up a little chunk there and then gone for it on fourth down. But instead, he went for it all. And uh, maybe that wasn't the right place to go with that ball. Fine. I'll, I'll give you that. But that doesn't mean the pick was on him. He put that ball there. He gave Henry a chance to box out his, uh, his guy. And the ball, he just didn't connect. I mean, listen, <laughs> that happens sometimes. But don't don't act like all like he had a bad game because of those three picks. The Damian Harris one in particular. Come on, how could you possibly blame Mac for that? That ball flew out of his hand. <laughs> like he had it in his hand and went out. It like I, you know, that happens sometimes too. By the way, and at the end of a game, you know, that's just that's the way it is. But uh, for for all the um, if you want if you want to tell me there was other things that Mac did in the game he didn't like, fine. But I really only think one of those interceptions you can pin on him. The other two hit his receivers both times in the hands. Uh, so fine. I mean, he had other games I think were a lot worse where he didn't have any interceptions. Um, 617-779-7937. Let's go to Tony in the car. Hi, Tony. Hi, good. Christian, how are you? What's up? Hey, I don't usually compare sports, but do you remember how dysfunctional the Red Sox were towards the end of Terry Francona's? Um, stay here. You, you heard rumors of the players going to ownership to complain about Frank Conner and the atmosphere in the clubhouse and all that. Yep. 
I think we started to see that this year with hearing reports of Mac Jones going outside the organization to complain about how things are being run in the Patriots. How much of that do you think Kraft can ignore and before he realizes that maybe the problem is with Belichick and his way of thinking, his way of coaching, and can he survive Belichick a mid-to-losing season next year? What, what do you think all that locker room stuff is going to have an effect on as far as Kraft goes? Tony, I think that if they have another losing season next year and miss the playoffs, then that probably would be it for Bill Belichick. Probably. Um, I don't know that the Crafts are going to fire him. Um, I don't know that uh, Bill would necessarily want to keep doing this. Another losing season? Like, how long you want to drag this out? If he's just chasing Shula... And that's all it is. And it's just going to be a bunch of eight, seven, six win seasons. Until you get those 23 or whatever it is he's got left. How many does he have left this till he gets you show like 23, 24? You don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually do know that. Oh, you do? I've, I, yeah, it is okay. like, it's like 22 or 23. You just made a, you made a face like you had no idea. No, <laughs> you I'm were sorry. like, why are you asking No, me? <laughs> but because I'm really actually curious uh-huh. if you think he's going to stick around to try to get that. Like, how important is that? really to him i mean it would be important to me yeah if i was him like i'd want to do that i'd want to i'd want to finish there and especially after all the crap shula talked before he died you know like i'd i'd want to uh i'd want to do that i'd want to be at the at the top there sure of course it's a big record um but, but playing how they're playing now how many yeah. you know that's what four seasons five seasons you know yeah three i don't know <laughs> i mean it's uh it may be three it should only probably be three at the very least, it's, you know, two. two. But it's got to be two good years. For it to be two more years till he catches Shuley, he's got to win 11-12 games both years. Is this team close to being an 11-12 win team? I guess that's a debatable question. Because if a couple of bounces went their way this year, then maybe they're a 10-win team. Maybe they're an 11-win team. There was three games on the, on the board that they could have won. Absolutely. Absolutely. But they also gagged a bunch of games away that was sort of the that was sort of their trademark this year you know like you can say well they were so close to beating Cincinnati oh man they were so close to beating the Raiders yeah but what happened it wasn't like it wasn't it was some freak play sure I mean yeah that Raiders that was a freak play but eventually you know like so was so was running into the kicker uh three weeks in a row or whatever they did this year two weeks in a row so is having two uh, kick returns for touchdowns against you in that Buffalo game. There was a lot of freak stuff that happened to the Patriots this year, and they were complicit in it. A lot of it was because of them and the way that they played and things that they were doing. They weren't very well coached. They weren't very well disciplined. The offense was completely dysfunctional. The defense played mostly pretty well, although they had some games where they completely got overwhelmed by uh, you know some of the high-powered offenses. But you know to say that if if Bill's just here to if that's it, I mean if that's really what it's all about. You want you want to chase Shula, you got twenty three, twenty four games to go. Well, okay, if you win seven games a year, if you win eight games a year, they won eight games this year. Then that would be three more seasons of eight wins. And I'm just gonna go out on a limb and assume that eight wins is not gonna be enough to get you into the playoffs any of those three years either. And maybe one of those years they'll be better. Maybe one of those years they'll be worse. I don't know. Let's just say the average is eight, just for poops and giggles here. 
will Robert Kraft be okay with not, you know, four, but in this case now it would be seven consecutive seasons without a playoff win <laughs> or even maybe an, an appearance? Would that be just to let him catch Shula? Could you do three more years of this? Because that's maybe what it would take. Unless things get a lot better really fast. Unless this new offensive coordinator really gets that uh, gets Mac Jones back on track here. And honestly, I don't even know what Mac Jones on track even looks like. We saw Mac Jones in his rookie year have a couple of stretches where he seemed competent. We saw him this year look completely uh, out of sorts. Until maybe the very end of the season. In a couple of games, you know, the Minnesota game, Baltimore game, he had a couple of... You know, nice drives, but for the most part, I mean, it was it was a mess for him this year. It was a mess. You got to fix him before you start talking about 10, 11, 12 wins, and if, oh, Brian better be able to do that if he's the new OC, whoever it is. That's priority number one as far as I'm concerned. 617-779-7937. This Mayo stuff. I'm interested in this. Gerard Mayo turning down a head coaching interview with the Carolina Panthers. Breaking news in case you missed it. It uh, broke right when I got on the air. Gerard Mayo has reportedly told uh, Carolina he will not be interviewing with them. What did the Patriots promise him? What did the Patriots uh, say would be the incentive to doing that? Because they've done this before. They've done this weird Jedi mind trick on their uh, coordinators before. And I know Mayo's not a coordinator, but you know what I mean. They got Josh McDaniel... Uh, McDaniels, after he had already hired a staff, after he'd already cleaned out his office, after he was about to board a plane to Indianapolis and told him, you know what, Josh, why don't you come back here, be the offensive coordinator for a few more years, and then you can go and leave and do whatever you want. And McDaniel said, okay, <laughs> whatever, that's great. I don't know what they promised him. I don't know what they promised McDaniels. I don't know what they said to him that made him think staying around and being the OC here for a few more years instead of uh, being the head coach in Indy was a better career move for him. I literally, I have no clue, but I bet you they said that same thing to Mayo because he's doing, he's doing it, isn't he? He's turning down head coaching opportunities. He's not going to be a head coach here. Why would you turn that down? If Mayo wants to be a head coach, why would you turn down an interview? What, the Patriots said you can't interview? Either you take our offer, what is this, a shark tank now? <laughs> take my offer or I'm out. Like, Really? Do you value the guy, or are you just trying to be tough with him? Like I don't know. I, I wonder how this is how this negotiation's all going. I really do. I'm 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 intrigued by this. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. There's your phone number. Quick break. Uh, we'll be right back. I see your phone calls lined up. I'll get to you uh, next. Covering Boston sports and beyond. We're back to Christian Arcan on WEEI. Sports Radio WEEI. Quick correction, since a lot of texters are angry about this. Uh, it's 18 to catch Shula, not 23, 24, whatever I said. I was nah, going off I'll top. take the blame on that one. I mean, I didn't know either, Stiz. Don't worry about it. And for everybody saying, oh, just Google it. I'm here by myself, guys. I'm in this room. By I can't just throw it to my co-host and let Curtis talk for a while while I sit here Googling stuff, all right? It's just it's me and Stiz. That's it. And Stiz is busy back there. Anyway, the point remains here that even if it's 18 to catch Shula, and you win eight games a year, that's still good. You're not going to get it until the third year. That's two seasons and no playoffs. Which is basically the same as three. I'm sorry. I mean, Kraft said he didn't. He was done at three. And now there's four. So now that would be five and then six. You think Kraft's okay with six? Six years, no playoffs? You think so? Because I don't. 
I think you're nuts if you think that. Uh, 617-779-7937. What was I going to talk about here? I was going to talk, oh, I was going to talk about this NFL ref thing. I'll push that off till later. If you missed it, Adam Schefter has this uh, article on ESPN right now ripping the NFL refs. And he's not ripping him because he doesn't rip anybody. But it's, you know, all these inside NFL sources and executives and everybody, all anonymous, by the way all just completely tearing into the refs for basically the whole year. But really what it was is the uh, Seahawks-Rams game that ended up uh, knocking Detroit out of the out of the playoffs because if uh, L.A. had won and Seattle lost, then the Lions would have gone on and everybody felt like Seattle got preferential treatment, which they did, by the way. Uh, but I'll, uh, I'll get to that a little bit later. Right now, the news of the hour, I would say, is Gerard Mayo has turned down the Carolina Panthers interview. Not the job, the interview. He's not even interviewing. And this coming after uh, the Patriots released their press statement a couple of nights ago saying Patriots to extend Gerard Mayo and that they've begun contract extension discussions that would keep him with the team long term. 617-779-7937. There's your phone number. Uh, Let's get back to your phone calls. Ian is in Greenfield. Go ahead, Ian. Yeah, good afternoon. What's up? I'm thinking that he was given an offer that he couldn't refuse. So either... Um, defensive coordinator or assistant head coach. Now, the question is then, what does Bilicek do with his son? Does I mean, because Mayo's not going to do co-defensive coordinator. Otherwise, he would have kept his interview. You'd think. You know, right. So, is then Steven going to be assistant head coach or is Mayo? I mean, which one is more likely? I mean, I don't know how they switch those those two guys around maybe maybe it'll be both Ian you know maybe he'll be both of those things he'll be the defensive coordinator and the assistant head coach and Steve Belichick stays on as the linebacker coach and I don't know I mean he's a assistant defensive coordinator like I have no idea I don't know how they're going to do it I don't know what the what the plan's going to be in some ways because Steve was calling the plays this year right I mean Mayo was the meetings guy and Steve called the plays I think Steve did a fine job calling the plays this year. I do. I've ripped Steve before, but I thought this year was a good year for Steve. I thought it was maybe even good enough of a year where they could sort of bill and everybody can kind of look around and say, hey, you know, Gerard wants to go. <laughs> like, I think we're okay. I think we got our DC right here. I'm not kidding. Like, really, it was a good year for Steve. Good year for Steve B. Um, Mayo is a guy that they value, a guy that they really like. A guy who they want to keep here. But he wasn't calling the plays. Just I'm just saying. <laughs> you want to you switch that job over to him? Okay. Assistant head coach? What, is it, what does that mean? What's an assistant head coach do? <laughs> I, t- I said this during the week, but um, when I was a kid, I went to Dave Cowan's basketball camp out at um, Bentley College. And it was awesome, by the way. It's like the highlight of my summer for two or three summers. And uh, I was a pretty good basketball player back then. And Dave Cowens was it was his camp, obviously, and he'd come out and talk to the campers. And there was this forum one day where we all got to ask him questions. And at the time, he was an assistant coach for the Charlotte Hornets. And someone raised their hand and said, uh, hey, Mr. Cowens, what does an offend, uh, assistant coach do in the NBA? And he said, nothing. We don't do anything. You know what we do? We wear a suit. We stand up, we clap, and when there's a timeout, we get out of our seats and let the players sit in our seats. And then when the timeout's over, we sit back down in our seats and wait until it's time to clap again. That's all we do. I swear to God, Dave Cowan said all that. It was really funny. 
Um, but, uh, you know, so I don't know if that's the same in the NFL. I have no idea. Probably not. Probably not on a Bill Belichick staff. I'd imagine the Belichick staff, if you're an assistant head coach or an assistant anything, he's got you running ragged. He's got you doing all sorts of crap. <laughs> it's probably not like the Dave Cowan's Charlotte Hornets experience, if I had to guess. Uh, but either way, that may be the cherry on the Sunday. That may be what it took to get Gerard Mayo to say, you know what, Caroline, I don't care about your head coaching job. I don't care about your uh, head coaching position. I'm going to stick around here in New England where I know they appreciate me and I know that uh, I can be the D.C. and I can be an assistant head coach and build up my resume even more and be even a more attractive potential head coaching candidate somewhere down the line. Maybe that's what he thought. Maybe he thought, if I'm the assistant head coach here under Belichick and Belichick's 70 years old and Belichick catches Shula or just decides to retire, then I'm the new head coach. Then that'll be my job, right? Who else would they give it to? (laughs) He's the assistant head coach. Uh, that makes sense. What if Gerard Mayo and Bill O'Brien are both here and Belichick leaves and then what? Who gets it then? It's very intriguing, all this stuff. It really is. Uh, 617-779-7937. Ryan is in Quincy. Hi, Ryan. Hey, how you doing? I, I actually just, just, you just made the point that I was, that I was going to make about oh. Mayo. Okay. Is that, what a good fit would it be? If Belichick were to leave or get fired, bring Mayo right in, you know? Just a facelift for the team, and it's like, I don't know. I just think Belichick's days are numbered. We are not a contender Super Bowl-wise anymore. I'd bring in Mayo. I know, yeah, by the way, wasn't Dave Cowan's camp at Regis College? It was. It was at Bentley, and then it went to Regis. That's right. The first year I went there, it was at Bentley, and then they moved it out to Regis. You're right about that. I was there when Reggie Lewis died. Uh, Or not when he died, but, like, it was that summer. And uh, his funeral was being played. I remember that. We were all in, like, the common area, one of the Regis dorms or whatever, and we were all watching Reggie Lewis's funeral. It was really sad. Um, Random memory. (laughs) But, yeah, it was at Regis, and uh, a couple years before that, it was at Bentley. And I went, I think, two or three summers. But it was awesome. Best part of Dave Cowan. I'm going to tell all Dave Cowan's camp stories all day long today, Stiz. That's what's going to Oh, I'm with it. After that first one. (laughs) One time, all right, so there was this guy named uh, Togo Palazzo. I wonder if he's still with us. Hold on. I'm going to look it up. Togo Palazzo. Uh, Togo Pasta. No, that's not what I'm looking for. You know how I just complained about how I'm the only one in here and there's no time to Google anything? I'm You're Googling. Googling Togo Palazzo right now. Um, all right. Yeah, Togo is no longer with us. Oh, he just died in August. Oh, man. Rest in peace, Togo. He was a real one. All right. So, Togo, this guy, <laughs> he came in one day and Dave brought him in and he said, all right, we are going to do a defensive drill. And he made everybody in the camp go into the gym. We all had to stand there in this big field house and stay in a defensive stance for, like, hours. There were kids puking. Like, it, was, it was brutal. Togo put us through the ringer, man. I've never dealt with anything like that before. That was probably the most intense, uh, athletic anything I've ever been a part of was that Togo Palazzo defensive day. He looks like a no-nonsense type of ball player. Togo, he was a badass old dude, man. <laughs> he was and he was old back then. <laughs> I don't know how old did, uh I don't know when he was born. In the 1930s, like that's a yeah, that's a nice long life right there. When I yeah, when I was there, he was probably like in his 60s or 70s or something like that, but uh he was he was cool though. It was cool. And you know what? I mean, <laughs> I don't know if any like players came out of Dave Cowan's camp, but we all got better on defense after that. That's for sure. Uh, let's see, 617-779-7937 is the phone number. Let's get to the rest of these phone calls real quick. Spencer is in Beverly. Go ahead, Spencer. Hey, my friend, a couple things. You know, this is uh, Captain Obvious here with the fact that we need an offensive line that can protect Mac. 
We need a qualified offensive coordinator that knows what he's doing. You can't expect this kid to go from year one to year two with a jump and put this Matt Patricia out there that's never been an offensive coordinator. He's been a failure at everything except being a defensive coordinator when Brady was here. That's the role he should have been in. So I blame Belichick for that. And Joe Judge, who is he? Like, seriously, what has that guy ever accomplished? You think that was going to be a quarterback coach for this kid? I, I, I'm so sick of listening to everyone saying, Mac Jones's attitude. Well, if you were out there getting crushed every day and you're playing in a system that was horrible, you'd be pissed off, too, if you had any self-respect. Yeah. So this yeah, and this kid's got a good arm. He can't throw the ball 64 yards. That's a joke. They can't look at Alabama. Look at the tapes. He's throwing the ball 75, 80 yards for completions. So the kid, the kid has talent. I'm not saying he's a top three quarterback. I'm saying potentially he's a top seven. And if, if he has the right offensive line, so he has more than a second and a half to make a decision, I think he's going to complete more balls, even with, the, with the, the receivers that he has right now, as proven the year before with Josh McDaniels. We can all agree, right? Absolutely. If Josh McDaniels was here. Yeah, if Josh McDaniels was here, you know, he'd have better numbers. But it's still not good enough, and I'm glad that Kraft is cracking the whip, and he's not tolerating this crap anymore. And basically, they're going to get their act together. Our heads are going to be rolling. I- I'm happy about that. I-, I love Kraft. You know, he's all about the fans. He- he's a fan himself. I just, I just love the tenacity. Thanks and for the I- call. I- I think- uh, Spencer, appreciate it. I'm up against the break. Otherwise, I'll let you keep going. Uh, this was for the fans. This press release, Kraft, this was for the 100%. That's who it was for. He knows. They know. They know what people are saying. They know how this is all going. They're business people, okay? The Crafts understand the business of football, and they know what built that whole Patriot place, okay? It wasn't going 8-9 and nine and missing the playoffs, all right? It was Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and TB12 and the championships and Gronkowski and everything else. Uh, you know, I don't know why I threw him in there, but, like, that's, you know, that's what built Patriot place, not going 8-9 and nine and missing the playoffs four years in a row. Uh, and they know that better than anybody, I'll tell you what. Um, 617-779-7937. There's your phone number. We're going to switch gears next hour. I want to talk a little Red Sox because they had an interesting week as well. And we'll be talking with Joe Sway Pavone, CLNS Media, as we talk a little Celtics next hour as well. It's all coming up next right here on Sports Radio WEEI. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.